Hey, today we want to give you an opportunity to give. If you came prepared to give with uh, your tithes and your offerings, uh, there's an envelope in the back of the pew in front of you. It's got all the different directions. You can drop that off in the, the uh, offering plate before you leave today by the back doors, or uh, you can give online or give via text. So thank you so much uh, for doing that, because again, we believe that God is going to use this church to reach our city, to reach our communities. He's going to reach, and, and the church is not a building, you understand. The church is people. Right? The church, is, is, it's you and I uh, coming together and being that body of Christ saying, hey, we can, we can do this together. And so, so thank you for giving. Uh, thank you for giving to missions. You can see all the different missionaries that we support uh, out in the foyer there. Uh, and also just our different uh, missions emphasis you can see in your bulletin each and every week. So thank you for giving uh, towards that. I wanted to uh, just mention Coming up, I'm excited. You know, we just had uh, Encounter Weekend coming up. We've got uh, Wednesday Night Ministries, our midweek ministries starting uh, this week. And so I encourage you, come on out Wednesday night. It's discipleship. I mean, we're going to go deeper in God's Word. Uh, again, kids, youth, uh, we've got two adult Bible studies. We've got adult Bible study in the Connections Room, and we have that Life Languages class that's going to be over in the Reception Room. I encourage you, check out that Life Languages class. It is powerful stuff. Uh, like Pastor Sterling mentioned, uh, the whole team went through it this week and learned so much. And the, the awesome thing is it's biblically based. It's right out of Romans 12. And so I encourage you, check that out. Uh, it is definitely worth the $50 if you do decide to continue on with that class. But powerful time. Come out this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And then also, you know, we've got women's conference coming up. Volunteer for that. Be a part of that. And then another opportunity we've got coming up is uh, Missions Month in October. We are doing a, a theme on rescue. We've been partnering with an organization called Project Rescue through BGMC and through Speed the Light. And uh, we've got an escape room well underway. We, we've got an incredible team of volunteers who've been helping construct and build. And, and if you haven't just taken a little sneak peek back there in room 106, you, you may want to check. It's a little bit different. Uh, and, and, uh, but we are uh, just spreading the gospel through this escape room. We're going to be sharing Jesus through this escape room, but also raising money for missions through it so that we can rescue kids who are caught in human trafficking. Uh, that, that's the goal, to share the gospel with them, to get them the, the education, to get them the medical treatment, all the different things that they need so they can rise above this and, and be able to earn income other ways and different things and, and just really change villages uh, over in India. And, and so it's going to be pretty neat. I love what's coming together. So I encourage you right now, we actually have, if you go to our website, uh, it is live. You can sign up for a, a time. So be spreading the word through the community that every weekend on October, Every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the escape room will be open. Uh, there is no charge for it, but we just encourage donations. And so you can book a time for up to 10 people to do that. So uh, talk to your neighbors, talk to your family members, talk to your coworkers, let them know. Our, our goal is to invite the community in. Hey, come check this out. This is going to be something pretty cool. It's going to be very top-notch, and uh, they are going to have a fun time. And their goal is how can we rescue a, a girl and bring her into Project Rescue and get her the help that she needs. So that's, that's what it's a rescue room. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. So uh, tell all your neighbors, tell all your friends. Again, just right on the afa.church, you can uh, register for that. Uh, but we also need uh, people to volunteer, help out, to help run the booth. Uh, to help run the room uh, for those things. So you can actually scan the QR code uh, to volunteer for that and uh, check that out. You can run it for a couple cycles and do all that. But we're having a volunteer training on September 24th. And we're going to have lunch together and do all that right after the service, walk you through all that because we're going to need people to uh, reset the room. We're going to need people to host groups as they come in and, and share the stories of what's happening. We're going to need uh, people to sit behind computer monitors and, you know, watch people's progress and make sure all the electronics in the room work and all that fun stuff. And so a lot of different talents and skills and abilities that, that we can use for that month of October. So if you're interested, uh, sign up there, register for that. Come talk to me or any of the pastors. We'll get you connected. Uh, come out to that training day. But this is just going to be a neat way that we can uh, reach our community and also raise funds so that we can reach those who, who need it most uh, in, in places where, man, human trafficking is rampant. So, so thank you for doing that. Looking forward to that. All right. You guys ready? We're going to dig into God's Word this morning. Uh, so if you got your Bibles, why don't you open up to Matthew chapter 6. 
Matthew chapter 6. We are starting a new series today called Ask, Seek, Knock. Ask, Seek, Knock. And it's actually out of Matthew chapter 7 where we get this verse. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And uh, this is a powerful verse. This is a powerful verse. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And we're basing our whole series out of this verse. And as you can tell, this series is going to be about prayer. It's all about prayer, all about asking God, you know, asking God, can you do this? Or, or seeking God, Lord, we want more of you, or, or knocking on heaven's door. That's what this series is all about. And it's, it's almost like there's these different aspects of prayer that we see in Matthew 7, 7, this asking, seeking, knocking. Uh, asking, right? That, that idea of how many like to ask for directions, no, I mean, with our phones these days, you really don't have to do that too much. But how many of you like to ask for help? You know, not many hands, right? We, we, don't like to, we don't like to be dependent on, we don't like to owe people one, right? That's just the worst. But, but God says we need to ask him. We need to ask him for help because we're not strong enough. We're not good enough. We're, we're not capable enough to do what we want to do. So if we want to do something great in our world, if we want to make change, if we want to reach people, then we need to ask for help. So it's this level of dependence. Right? And then it says that we need to seek. Right? We, need, we need to seek after God. And, and when I think of seeking, when, I, when you say the word seek, it's, it's like you're on a mission. You're trying to go and, until you find. Right? That's the, a level of passion in our prayers that we've never experienced before. How can we seek after God? How can we be passionate in our prayers? And the last one, that, that knocking, it, it kind of gives that idea that if you have to knock, that means the door is closed. Right? Anybody ever faced a, a closed door before in their life? Yeah. And you just got to keep on knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. And you're just praying one day, somebody's going to open this door. Someday this, this door is just going to open. And so it's this idea of persistence in our prayers of, of not giving up, but continuing to persist, to continue to knock. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be going in depth on this verse. But uh, before we get into these different types of prayers... I feel like we need to start with the basics of prayer. You know, what, what is prayer? Before we get into intensities of prayer, uh, what, is, what are the basics of prayer? Uh, so if you've got your, your smartphone with you today, would you pull out your phone for just a second? And uh, I've got a little survey question for you. And, and here's the question, and we'll show it on the screen. How often do you pray? All right, how often do you pray? So you can, uh, if you got a smartphone, you can go to afa.church survey, or you can scan that link. It'll take you right there. And I want you to fill this out. If you don't have a smartphone, just ask your neighbor if you can fill it out twice, right? And uh, you can fill it out as many times as you need to. But, but take a moment and uh, think about this. Answer honestly, all right? It's anonymous. So don't try to lie. Don't make yourself sound better than what you are or anything like that. But just honestly for a moment, answer this question. How often do you pray? Is it rarely the concept of, yeah, I don't pray that much, but maybe, you know, if a semi-truck was coming at me in the wrong lane, you know, that's when I pray, dear Lord Jesus, help me out. You know, maybe that's you. Uh, maybe you're a meals and bedtime person, right? You, you just, it's a habit. You just pray before every meal. It's kind of funny, our, our kids have gotten into that habit of we pray before meals and we pray before bedtime, but they, sometimes they mix up which one they're doing. You know, they're, they're going to bed, Lord, we just pray you bless this food to our body. Oh, wait, 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 no, that's the wrong one. You know, and, and you kind of get into that habit, so maybe you're just a, that's the only time you pray, meals and bedtime. Uh, possibly just at church. You know, well, I pray when, you know, it's Sunday morning or it's Wednesday night and we take some time. So I only pray when somebody leads me. In, in prayer. I don't take initiative on my own. Uh, how about praying a few times a week, just having that personal prayer time, and uh, it's maybe three or four times a week that you pray. Or lastly, that, hey, I'm, I'm praying every day. It's a regular thing. I, I take time out of my scheduled day to, to pray and uh, to intentionally connect with God. So be honest. Hit the one that's closest to you. We'll look at the results here in, in just a moment. But this is an important question, because I would venture to say that prayer is the most powerful tool that we have as Christians. I mean, there's a lot of really powerful tools out there, but man, prayer, this direct connection that we have with God is it's so powerful. 
And unfortunately, even though it's this amazing tool that we have that we can connect with the creator of the universe, it's often underutilized, right? We often, uh, uh, I don't have time to do that, or, you know, I, you know we, we make excuses about it. Uh, Pew Research did a survey. They surveyed 35,000 American adults, and they asked them, how often do you pray? Uh, so a similar survey to this, and 33% of adults said never or rarely. 33%. Uh, now, that's not just Christians. You know, that's all adults. But they would say, no, we, we, 33% say we don't take advantage of prayer. See, again, prayer is so powerful because it's building this direct connection between you and God. So what stops us from praying? What stops us? Think about that. Why don't you pray more often than you do? Just think about that for a moment. There's, there's many excuses that we could give. Uh, one common one is, well, it's kind of awkward. It, it's weird. Um, what are people going to think about me if I go pray? What's, what's my family going to think about me if I'm just, you know, in my bedroom talking to myself is what it sounds like. What, well, you know, it's just going to be weird to, to do that or... Uh, Maybe I don't pray very well. You know, I don't have the, the right, right words. Other people are better than me at it. You know, I can't pray as good as Pastor Sam does. He's just so eloquent and does all these things, you know. Like, I can't pray like that. I'll never live up to that. So I might as well just not, right? And, and so we make these excuses. Uh, another one is there's just not enough time, right? I am go from the moment I wake up to the moment my head hits the pillow. My day is fully scheduled. I don't have time to, to squeak in a prayer time. You know, that I should probably give like an hour to that, so I don't have an hour, so I, I can't do that, and so we don't do it. Another common excuse for not praying is, I don't know what to say. Right? I, I don't know what the words uh, are. I don't, I don't know what to, what to say. I'll probably just repeat myself. I'll, I'll look silly. Um, I'm not going to say the right thing so that, that God can hear me or is God even listening. And, and I just don't know what to say. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to say? Ever been in one of those? I find myself in that situation every time when I go to Starbucks. Like they speak a different language there. Anybody notice that? And I'm never ordering for myself. I'm ordering for somebody else. It's usually my wife, and she texts me this thing, and it's like this passcode, this secret. And you go up to the, the window, and it's like, all right, could I get a venti mocha latte with two pumps, hazelnut, and almond milk, and no whipped cream? And at that point, I'm just, anxiety is building inside of me, because I'm thinking, what if they ask me a question? You know, like, would you like that iced or not iced? I don't, I don't even know what I just said, right? I just read something off the paper. Just do what I asked you to do, you know? And, and, and then occasionally, the best thing is when you go up there and you say all the secret words, and they're like, thank you, that'll be $6.50 at the window. Like, oh, I passed. I said the right thing. And, you know, sometimes that's what prayer can feel like. Prayer is like, God, did I say it right? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just, all my words are jumbled and I, I don't know what I'm saying. And, and God, did I say it right? Did I, did I say it good enough to unlock the secret passcode to heaven, Lord? And so we make these excuses. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm not as good as other people. I don't have enough time. And we could make a long list on and on and on of all the different reasons why we don't pray. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today is you may not feel confident in praying. Uh, you may not know what to say. You may not know what God thinks of it. You may not know what other people think of it. You may, did I do it wrong? Did I do it right? So we're going to look at the basics of prayer. Uh, before we get into that, let's take a look at those uh, poll results. So we got those up here. Let's see how often just survey. Survey says we've got 70 responses up there. And uh, rarely, it looks like, is the blue We've got meals and bedtime in the green. So I'd say, you know, about 25% of you would say, uh, all right, not a whole lot, right? Just, just when I'm prompted to, just when somebody else leads me in that. About another, oh, we'll just call it thirds. Another third of you say a few times a week, another third of you are saying, hey, every day I'm praying, right? And so for those of you who would say, I don't pray very often. Today's going to be great for you because I want to help you. I want to teach you. And it's not my words that you're learning, but you're actually going to, Jesus is going to teach you today how to pray. Uh, to answer some of those 
concerns or fears or excuses maybe that you have. And for those of you who are maybe on the other end and you say, yeah, I pray all the time, you know, I know the basics of prayer, I got that down, then today I want you to lean in and listen because uh, you can use this to help teach others. How many of you know somebody who needs to learn how to pray? Right? A lot of us do. And this is a powerful tool, and so I want to encourage you, take some notes today so that way you can pass this on to somebody else because it's a foundational teaching. So again, if you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, uh, we are looking at what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. What, what, why it's called that is because Jesus, there was a large crowd of people following Jesus one day, and it says he went up on a mountainside and he pulled his disciples next to him and he began to teach them. And so he begins teaching them about all these different areas uh, of how to be blessed, how to live for God, how to avoid sin, how to, how to treat your enemies, how to, how to give, how to fast. Uh, teaches them about heaven, about anxiety, about discernment, about being judgmental. And at one point, he takes some time and teaches them how to pray. So Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are really good. You should check them out if you haven't. Uh, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. But here is Jesus' response in the similar passage in Luke. His disciples actually ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, how, how do we pray? How do we pray like you? Jesus was often going off by his lonesome and, and spending time praying to God the Father. So let's read his response, Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 5. It says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask of him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, thank you that, that you have taught us to pray, that you have taught us this most valuable tool as Christians. Lord, we thank you that you have opened a way, God, that we can have access to the throne room of God, that we can, we can speak, you hear us, and you care. So, Lord, may we not neglect this gift that you've given us, but, Lord, may we learn to use it wisely. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's break this passage down a little bit. Let's put some of these fears or excuses that we have uh, to rest. So, in that first passage, in verses 5 and 6, Jesus starts out by saying, when you pray. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. He implies that everybody should pray. This should be a normal part of our lives. When you pray. In fact, he mentions it three different times in this, these passages. When you pray. So it's not a matter of if you pray, but, but when you pray. He says, don't go and pray on the street corners. Don't go and pray on the street corners uh, like hypocrites. Now, this does not mean that praying on street corners is outlawed for Christians, right? This isn't saying if you see, you know, somebody else from AFA praying on a street corner that you should go up and reprimand them and tell them, hey, Jesus told us not to pray on street corners, right? That's, that's not what it's saying. It's not talking about location, but what it's talking about is our heart. See, the religious, they would go out to a street corner. They would go out someplace public and they would begin to, to pray out loud. So everybody could see how religious they were, right? Everybody could see, wow, that person's very devoted. You know, that person just must love Jesus more than anybody else. And they were looking to get attention based on how much that they prayed. And so uh, Jesus' solution to this, this problem, because they were really having a, a pride problem. This prayer wasn't to connect with God. This prayer was to tell everybody else, hey, look at me. Look how good I am. And so to combat this, Jesus says, don't pray on the street corners. Instead, I want you to go into your room, close the door, and pray to your heavenly Father. That's what we needed to do. Uh, again, this, this moral of this lesson isn't about location. So it's not saying the only place you should pray is in your bedroom. It's a great place to pray. Uh, but it's, it's more about the state of the heart. 
Where's your heart at when you pray? Are you praying for the attention of others or are you praying for the attention of God? And that's what we really need to figure out because in prayer, we need to be praying for an audience of one. We need to be praying not to impress the people around us or not to be worried about what other people think around us, but the only person's opinion we need to be worried about is God's. So we need to pray for an audience of one. You know, oftentimes we, we make the excuse that what are people going to think about me when I pray? Have you noticed there's a lot of different types of prayers out there? Everybody know, like the King James prayer or the, you know, the repeater who just says Lord Jesus a bunch of times or, uh, you, you, you know, the different ones. Some people are more quiet. Some people yell and get really loud and boisterous. There's lots of different types of prayers and none of them are wrong. None of them are wrong. As long as they're praying for an audience of one, that they're praying for God. You can, you can pray however you want. It's all about praying from the heart. And that's what Jesus was addressing in this. Are you praying from the heart? So for those of you who are sitting there like, well, people are going to judge me. Well, then go into your room, shut the door, so that way nobody can judge you. Right? Get alone. Get in, get in the secret place so that way you can just be alone. You and God. That is the goal. Anytime you go to prayer, your goal is to get alone. Just you and God. And it may happen that it's in a crowd of people. But ask yourself the question, how can I get alone right now, just me and God? How can I block everybody else out? How can I not worry about what people are thinking around me? And how can I focus directly on God? And I believe this, that, that as you get alone with God, you know, as you go into that secret place, as you go into your bedroom and you spend time in prayer, that that connection is just going to grow with God. You're going to build confidence. You're going to say, yeah. Me and God, we're, we're tight. We've got a good relationship. And so now when you go out in public, right, when you're at church or something, you're not going to be afraid to pray because it's going back to your relationship with God. You're not worried about the people around you. But it starts by getting alone with God. So the first thing that we can learn from this that Jesus teaches is let's pray for an audience of one. Let, let's pray. Let's get alone with God. The second thing is we, we get into verse 7. Uh, Jesus taught us, and when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Have you ever given in to the temptation to judge a prayer by how long it is? Right? Because if you pray for a long time, then you must be really spiritual. You know, it, it's not like God's up in heaven like, oh, you only prayed for nine minutes and 30 seconds. If he had gotten to 10 minutes, he would have gotten in, but nope, didn't meet the cut. I remember, uh, you know, I, I grew up in church, and every Sunday, uh, our pastor, you know, he'd preach the message, and then at the end, he'd tell you, you know, now bow your heads and close your eyes, and then he would re-preach the message in his prayer. I mean, we're talking five, ten minutes long. I mean, every week, and, and anybody, I pray that I don't do that. If I do that, call me out on that, right, if I'm, if I'm praying too long. But I remember, I, I'd be sitting there, okay, bow my head, close my eyes, all right, you know, Point one, point two, we're getting in there. We're about three minutes in, all of a sudden your head just starts to sink a little lower and a little lower and a little lower. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're hypnotized and he says the magic word, amen. <laughs> Did I miss it? You know, like, where am I? What's going on? You know, you start snoozing a little bit. And it's like, hey, you know what? You don't have to do 10-minute long prayers to be heard by God. That's what he's saying here. You don't have to keep babbling on. It's not about the length of your prayer. Again, it's about praying from the heart. It's about praying from the heart. See, God looks at the heart, and I believe this is true, that a two-minute prayer from the heart is better than a 20-minute prayer out of obligation. Think about that. A two-minute prayer from the heart is better than a 20-minute prayer out of obligation. I bring this passage up often. It's, it's my favorite verse in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your free time, right? No, with all your heart, with all your heart. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for someone to seek him with all their heart. So when we pray, when we pray, it needs to come from here, not from our well, my schedule says I've got two minutes free right now, and, and so I should, should do this. No, we should pray with all of our heart. So this is a great passage for those of you who are, who are saying, I just don't have enough time. I mean, everything is busy. My day is packed. My day is booked. 
Well, you don't need long to pray. I mean, Jesus even said, don't just babble on to babble on. But he says you need to pray from the heart. And so as you do this, you'll, you'll find that, that prayer could be the favorite part of your day. So, so find those windows. You know, maybe you've got a two-minute gap here. Maybe you're on a five-minute drive. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. Maybe when you get up, take, take just a couple minutes and make it a quality prayer time. Not just a, well, I guess I have to do this. No. Get to know God. It's a relationship. Pray out of relationship. God, I want to know you. God, I, I want to be closer to you. And take that time. And I believe this, that as you spend quality time with God, all of a sudden your schedule is going to shift a little bit. And you're going to find more windows and more gaps to say, God, I want to spend more time with you because you're building a relationship with him. I remember when I first met the love of my life, when I met Angie at Trinity Bible College, right? We had, we had busy schedules, and, uh, but man, I wanted to spend more time with her. So pretty soon we started finding time in our schedules, like, all right, we got five minutes between classes right here, you know, let, let's, let's go talk, you know, let, let's do this. And, and so, it, and then the more time I spent with her, it was like the more time I wanted to spend with her. And then I married her, you know, and, and so it all worked out. Now I get to spend as much time as I want. And, and so the same thing's true in our relationship with Christ. I believe that as you find those moments in your schedule where you say, hey, God, I wanna, I'm going to take these next two minutes. I'm just going to get alone with you, God. And we're going to spend some time or the next five minutes. But that a hunger and a passion is going to build up in your life because you're going to want to have more of a relationship with God. And, and as you pray, the more you pray, the more you're going to want to pray the more you're going to want to be in his presence. And so I challenge you, take those times, find those small windows, and as you do that, it's going to grow into a greater and greater relationship with your heavenly Father. Now, the last thing in this passage, the last question that he, he answers is, how do I pray? Right? What do I say when I pray? And so he, he lays this out, and many of you know it, it's what we call today the Lord's Prayer. Some of you were probably repeating it as we, we read it. I'll read it for you one more time. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now this, this passage where he teaches us this, this is an example this isn't a say these magic words and then you'll get into heaven, right? It's not that. Now, I fully believe in praying scripture. I think that that's something we should do. That should be something that's part of us because we know these words are from God. So what better things to pray than things that, you know, were inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and all these different things. So I encourage you, pray this prayer, but don't stop there. Don't stop there. Use it as an example for how you pray, for what you pray about. And so I want to look at four different things that Jesus included in this prayer as an example for how we can incorporate that into our prayer life. And it's, it's really easy to remember. It's got a, a nice, perfect acronym. The acronym is PRAY. P-R-A-Y. We couldn't make it any more simple for you today, all right? But I, I believe that there's four different things that, that Jesus did in this passage. And again, it's P-R-A-Y. So let's look at the first one. Four parts to this prayer. The first one, the P stands for praise. Praise, that's what he started out with. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Praise is so important that we start our prayers with, with praise. And, and I believe that Jesus intentionally starts with praise because it sets the tone for the rest of the prayer. It really does. It helps us to get into the right frame of mind when we pray and recognize who it is that we are praying to. See, often when we come to God, we, we tell God about all of our big problems. You know, God, heal this. God, do this. God, meet this need. God, do this. God, do this. Right? And we give him this long list of things. But when we start with praise, it changes things. Now, instead of telling God about our big problems... Now we're telling our problems about our big God. Do you see how that shifts? Right? We're saying, God, you are amazing. Lord, you are the creator of heaven and earth. God, you know us. You love us. You know, and we start just praising God for all the different things that he does. And now all of a sudden our problems don't seem so big anymore because our God seems big. And so that's why we need to start with praise. Right? You see the difference in there? 
We got to start with praise. And so that's what, what Jesus does. He starts with praise. He starts by saying, our Father in heaven. And this is a unique address because uh, for uh, you know, the Jews in Jesus' day to call God Father, uh, that's not something that they did. They might call him Sovereign Lord. They might call him the Creator. They might call him the Judge. But Father just felt a little bit too intimate, too close. But here Jesus, I mean, it makes sense for Jesus to say, you know, my father, because that was, that was literally his father. But he doesn't say my father. He says our father. He says our father. Mine and yours, our father, all together. This is our father because we have been adopted in, right? We have been adopted into the family of God that we are children of him. So we start out by saying our father, and it helps us to recognize that God is not just some God who's far off, but that God's close that God is with us, that God cares about what we are about to pray. So he says, our Father in heaven, he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed just means that, that your name should be treated as holy, right? He stops and recognizes that, that God is a holy God. He is a righteous God. And before I go and, and ask anything, before I go and present any requests, I want to recognize, God, you are holy. God, you are powerful. You are not just loving, but you are holy and you are great. And, and so we, we take time each and every time just to pray, praise God for how great he is, to praise God for all that he's done for you. So I encourage you in your prayers, start with praise. Start with praise. The second thing, R, stands for repent. Repent. It says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Did you know that prayer is ineffective if we've got sin blocking us from God? That, that prayer is ineffective if we have unforgiveness blocking us from God. Remember, we just called him Hollywood, you know, God, you're holy. And to come in to God's presence who is holy and righteous and for us to be unrighteous, for us to, to have bitterness, to hold grudges, I mean, that, those two things don't, don't work out well. Uh, in fact, verses 14 and 15 uh, in Matthew 6 say this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, we don't like that one. Because don't you, don't you know what that person did to me? They're not worthy of forgiveness. But we have to remember that we weren't worthy of forgiveness. Right? We, we didn't deserve forgiveness. We haven't earned forgiveness. But yet God, in his great mercy, sent his son Jesus, who lived a perfect life, who wasn't worthy of death, to die on the cross, to raise again so that we could have life, so we could have forgiveness. And so every time we come to God, I challenge you, after you praise, repent. Ask for forgiveness. Simply saying, God, would you forgive me? God, if there's any sin in my heart, if there's anything that I'm, that, that I'm holding back from you, God, I surrender it to you. And Lord, would you highlight, if there's any person in my life that I'm holding bitterness against, that I'm not forgiving, God, would you, would you show it to me so that I may forgive them? And when we do that, James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So again, that idea of confession and repentance and forgiveness. And it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful and effective. So if you want to have effective prayers, ask God to forgive you, right? And forgive others around you if we want to do that. It's kind of like uh, almost every store out there will have some sign posted, no shirt, no shoes, no, no service, right? It's just kind of, you want to do business in this store, you're going to follow the rules, you want to do business in the kingdom of heaven? Let's make sure we don't have sin that's weighing us down. Let's make sure that we're forgiving people around us, right? That, that's just the standard rules, I would say, for doing business in the kingdom of heaven, for, for having communication in the kingdom of heaven is, Lord, forgive me. So when we come before a holy God, we need to come humbly. We need to be clean. We need to forgive others so that God can forgive us. So I challenge you, make this a normal part of your prayers. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me to forgive others. If there's anybody that I'm not forgiving. So that's praise, repent, and the A, we're good at this one, ask. Right? Ask. That's, that's the one we normally think of. 
when we, we talk about prayer is asking God for things. And we're going to go more in depth on this next week as we look at that ask and it will be given to you. Uh, but this is the most common, common type of prayer. You know, Lord, I need, Lord, would you move in this? Lord, would you meet this financial situation? Lord, would you do these things? And this is a huge part of prayer. We need to ask God for things. Again, it shows our dependence on him. But we need to make sure that this is not the only part of our prayer. Because oftentimes we can do that. We just come to God with this long list of asking him for things. And it's like we're treating God like Santa Claus. You know, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this, I need this, I need this. But that's why we need to start out with praise. That's why we need to go into repenting. And then after that, then we can ask. So some of the things that Jesus asked for, he says, give us today our daily bread. Lord, meet my needs. I'm not even concerned about tomorrow, but God, give me all the things that I need for today. Make sure I've got food and shelter. And, and, and Lord, give me those things that, that I need. Give us a, today our daily bread. He, he goes on and says, lead us not into temptation. Man, anybody struggle with temptation? Yeah, we all do. Nobody raised their hand. Come on. Uh, you know, but yeah, we all struggle with temptation, right? We all struggle with these different things that, that, that bring us in. So it says, Lord, lead me not into temptation. God, help me to stay away from those areas that, that I know are going to tempt me. God, help me to go down the right streets. Guide my paths today. Lead me away from temptation. But also, the third thing there, deliver me from the evil one. God, when I do come across temptation, God, when I do go to those places, because, man, it, it's going to come. Satan's going to try to attack me. But God, would you deliver me? God, would you, would you help me? Help me to overcome this, Lord. We know that there's no temptation that, that is greater than what you've given us the power to overcome, you know, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, would you help me to overcome the evil one? Would you help me overcome these temptations? So he asked for these different things. We're, we're good at this one. And, and like I said, don't let this be the only part of your prayer life. But it's interesting, just even the contents of the asks that, that Jesus did. They weren't like, Lord, give me a new car, you know. Lord, give, bless me with a new house. Uh, but they were just some basic, Lord, meet my needs. Lord, give me the basics for today. Lord, Lord, help me to win the spiritual battles today. Help me to overcome sin in my life. Help me to be more like you. So it's interesting some of the things that he, he asked. But we've got to ask. We've got to ask God because how can we expect God to move in our lives if we never ask him? Right? Some of us were sitting there asking, God, why would you do this? God, why would you do this? God, why, why is it this way? Well, have you ever prayed about it? Right? Have you ever asked God to do something different? Have we ever presented those needs to God and say, God, would you change this? Would you make this happen? And so if we want to see something shake up in the world around us, right? If we want to see our city reach for Jesus, let's ask him to reach the city for Jesus, right? Let's ask him for opportunities to share our faith. If you want to see Jesus move in your family, let's ask him for it. Let's ask God to, to do big things. If you've got a financial need, let's ask him for it, right? If you need healing, let's ask him for it. Because he's not going to answer our prayers unless we ask. So praise, repent, ask. And the fourth one, the why, is yield. Yield. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now technically, this one should probably be number two. But pyra didn't sound as good as pray, all right? So you can do them in whatever order you feel like. But praise should definitely be number one. The other three, we'll let you work that out with Jesus. Uh, but yield, yield. To yield to God is to say, Lord, I know what I want. I know what I want you to do. But I also know that I can't see the future the way that you see the future. So I'm going to trust that your plan is better than my plan. So God, if I'm praying something against your will, I'm going to pray your will be done rather than mine. Your purpose is ahead of mine. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. That's, that's almost like praying, Jesus, come back, right? Come back quickly, Lord. We want to experience, we want to be in heaven. So God, your kingdom come. Would you come back quickly? But it's also saying, God, we want to experience your kingdom here on earth. Would heaven touch earth? Would heaven meet earth? God, so we can experience your reign and your rule right here, right now, that we don't have to wait till heaven to get a glimpse, to get an experience of that. But God, we can come to you right now. So this yielding, your kingdom come. God, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, it's to recognize that humility of God, your, your plan is greater than mine. 
Your plan is greater than mine. You know, it's, it's hard to understand the plan of God because we can't see everything. And sometimes things just seem, God, why do I have to go through pain? Why do I have to go through suffering? Why do I have to go through all these different things? Why can't my life just be easy? Why can't you just answer my prayers the way that I prayed them? But God knows better. And it says he's working things out for our good. And we need to trust in him. You know, Jesus, he prayed one of the ultimate yield prayers. And uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that the cross was ahead of him, knowing the painful road that was ahead of him, knowing uh, what was going to happen, knowing that, that that night he would be arrested. And the next, the next morning he would be placed on a cross. Even though he knew that was coming, listen to this prayer that he prayed in Luke 22, the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. What a difficult prayer. But you know, I'm so thankful that Jesus was willing to yield to the Father. I'm so thankful for that. That even though the path he was about to take was a path of pain and suffering, that even though he would be uh, arrested and falsely accused and beaten and mocked and tortured and ultimately die on the cross and be buried in the tomb, that he still said, not my will be done, but yours, God. Yours, God, you've got a plan. And if you need me to go through suffering, I'll go through suffering. In that moment when Jesus was placed in the tomb, I would imagine that his disciples, that, that Mary, were asking all the same question. Why? Why did you answer our prayers that way? God, we wanted, we wanted a king. We, we thought he was our savior. We, we thought, and now he's dead. Right, have you ever prayed a prayer and God didn't answer it the way that you wanted to? That's what was going on with the disciples. Now, we know that that wasn't the end of the story. We know that on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, that he walked and talked with his disciples, that he continued his ministry, and after a time, he ascended into heaven. And God gave him the, the name above all other names, that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is our Lord, that he is our Savior, and that when we call him, Right When we call on the name of Jesus, that everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. That, that we no longer have to pay that penalty because Jesus has paid the penalty of sin for us. He has died in our place. And now when we accept him as our Savior, when we call upon him and say, Lord, I believe that you died and rose again, that we can experience salvation. That we can go from eternity in hell to eternity in heaven. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. And it's an amazing gift, but it all started because Jesus was willing to pray a prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. Now we see his plan a, a little fuller, but it took a while for people to understand what was going on. So in your life, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, God, why? I don't understand this. Pray that prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. And I promise you, even though if you go through pain and suffering, God's got a bigger plan. He's got a bigger purpose for your life. So those are the four things. Praise, repent, ask, yield. Four elements of what do I say, God? What do I say? So Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us to pray not for recognition, but to, to pray from the heart. You don't need special words. to, to You just need to pray from the heart. Pray for an audience of one. You don't need a specific amount of time, but, but just to say, God, I want more of you. And allow that time to build in your life. So we've got plenty of time today. So here's, here's how I want us to, to just take a moment and let's put this into practice. Can we do that? So would everybody, would you just, right where you're sitting, would you just bow your head, close your eyes, and let's just put this to use. And I, and I challenge you today, uh, you can pray silently. You can, you can pray in a whisper. If you want to pray nice and loud, you can do that too. But I, I want you to, to pray on your own. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to give you prompts for how to pray. Uh, but I want you just to picture right now Nobody else is around. It's just you and God in this moment. It's just you and God. You're praying to your heavenly Father. 
Father who loves you, who cares for you, who wants to hear from you, who wants to spend time with you. And he's been waiting for this moment today. So let's just use this P-R-A-Y. Let's just, let's just pray. So let's start out. And, and you can just begin to P, praise. Let's just begin to praise God. Jesus, we, we thank you. We recognize today that you are our Father in heaven. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you, you care for me. God, you didn't have to do that. God, I, I'm a sinner. I'm a nobody. But God, you love me. Lord, you're the creator of this universe. There's no one like you, God. You are are great. You're majestic. You're glorious. You're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. You're all-loving. Lord, Lord, there's no one like you. I look outside and I see your nature that you've created and and just the, the intricate details. God, you've placed every star in the sky. The sun comes up every morning, the moon every night. There's no one like you, God. You are amazing. Just continue to praise Him. You're amazing. There's no one like you, God. Now let's just take a moment to repent, to ask God for forgiveness. Lord, we come before you open, broken, knowing that that we're not perfect. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. Would you show us those things that we're holding back from you? Would you show us those areas of our lives that don't line up with your will? And we just pray for your forgiveness today. Lord, if there's anyone that we have bitterness towards, resentments toward, that we have unforgiveness, God, I I pray that you would bring forgiveness today. Lord, I, I... I pray that you would show us those people and Lord, may we forgive them. Lord, that there would be nobody in our lives that that we would go down the next aisle because we don't want to see them. But Lord, you'd help us to love even the people who are difficult to love. So Lord, make us right in your presence as we approach your throne today. Forgive us, Lord. Now let's move to that A, ask. What are things that you need God to move in your life on? What are things that, that, that you need God to intervene that you can't do on your own? Just begin, begin to ask. Lord, we pray that you would meet every need that's being spoken right now. God, meet every need. Lord, we pray for this city. God, there's so many people who don't know you. God, there's so many people who are, are lost and, and they don't even realize it today. God, we pray that you would give us the power to share your your word with the people that we come into contact with, the people we see at the grocery store, the people we see at work, the people that we live at home with. God, we, we pray that you would move in our city. Pray you move in our world, God. Oh, Jesus, this world needs you. Lord, we pray you meet financial needs today. We pray you meet physical needs today. God, that you would help doctor's bills to get paid off. God, you'd help rent checks to get it. Lord, we pray that you would meet needs, provide transportation, provide, provide jobs today. You'd heal broken relationships today. Oh, God, do what only you can do. Give us our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the Now let's go into that last one, the why. Yield. God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Your ways are higher than my ways. God, time does not contain you. You know our future. You know what the future holds. And so, Lord, we trust in you today. Guide us, lead us, show us that next right step. God, if there's anything that we prayed that doesn't line up with your will, God, would you show us? God, your way is better. So we're going to trust in you today. Not my will, but yours be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Taking time to pray to Jesus can be as simple as that each and every day. So here's my challenge for you as 
as we leave this place this morning. For those of you who said, you know, I don't pray very often, or maybe you just said, I, I pray just a few times a week, but, you know, I'm intentional with that. My challenge for you is to pray one more time per week. So if you pray three times a week, this week pray four times per week. Take, take a time to get alone with God. If you say, I rarely pray, then take one time to have a prayer, prayer moment this week. It could be as simple as what we just did. Go find a place to get alone with God and just P-R-A-Y. Praise, repent, ask, yield. Right? And that's all you need. And take some time to listen. There's nothing wrong with listening because conversations are two ways, not just one. And lastly, if you're saying, hey, I pray every day, I've got a great prayer time, then my challenge to you this week is this. Teach someone how to pray. Take them to this verse. Take them to this passage. Answer their questions. Teach them that P-R-A-Y. And teach someone how to pray. You're going to be giving them a tool that could change the world. So let's do that. Let's add more prayer to our life this week. Let me pray for you one more time. Jesus, I thank you so much for your church. I thank you so much for your people. God, I pray your blessing upon them today. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us in our walk with you, that we would build relationship through prayer. God, prayer is just having a conversation with God. Lord, I pray that you would, you would go with us, that we would be able to add to our prayer time this week, that we would be able to pass it along and teach somebody else just how to pray. So we thank you for what you're going to do in this community and in our lives as we follow your word. Change us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week, church. I encourage you to sign up for the women's conference out there. Sign up to help. Uh, check out the, the volunteer training for the escape room. And uh, we will see you Wednesday night at Midweek Ministries. Be back in my bag